On this episode of the podcast, we discuss Mordecai. Oh, I saw posters for that movie. Yeah, Johnny Depp's in it, and he has a mustache, and he's in the movie on the poster, and it's called Mordecai, and Johnny Depp is in it with a mustache on the poster. The movie's called Mordecai. Who's in it? Mr. John Depp. And what's he wearing? Mustache on the face. Name of the movie? Mordecai. I haven't seen it. Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. Hey guys, I'm Stuart. Can opening, can opening sound. I'm Elliot Kalen. I wish, Sorry, I stepped on your last name, Stuart, which is Wellington. It's okay. Dan. I wish you guys at home could see the way that Stuart and girls the the, the pregnant pause as Stuart waited for his chance to say his name so he could open his Modella. Modello, sorry. Modella. Modella is Nelson Modello. That's the female version of a Modello. Nelson Modello. I don't know if to be offended by that or mm, impressed. An important, an important fear. An important fear. <laughs> Dan is literally, he's two over? for two in misreading what it says on Stewart's beer can. Oh, Modelo is an important beer. Well, I should give it a good seat in my restaurant. Dan, you <laughs> Away a, from the kitchen. You have a 100% perfect record in mispronouncing beer text. <laughs> hold you on. Have, if this was an eye test at a hold bar, on, you would have failed. Cerveza Especial. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, I can do it better in Spanish. I mean, your He's got you. He's Are got you got sure? You is Spanish your native language? <laughs> I eat a me. <laughs> I don't know. So no, is what you you're a lot of body acting there, people <laughs> yeah. listening. Yeah. Dan, <laughs> knowing it's an audio podcast that he's been doing for what eight years now, decided to do an exaggerated shrug. <laughs> since what we would hear the air currents passing <laughs> over your shoulders, mm-hmm. I'm creating a theater of the mind. Yep, uh, it's a there's an audio space that is being heard and sensed yeah, and it's right. between it's your sounds. ears. <laughs> Whoa. Wait, we're in a haunted house of some kind? Yeah, I'm just making a theater. <laughs> <laughs> no theater is complete without a haunted house a home chainsaw. home theater of the mind. So what do we do on this podcast? Oh, Apparently we yeah. just say junk. <laughs> we watch a bad movie, <laughs> and then we talk about it. How do we talk about it? Uh, Quickly. <laughs> with a lot of uh, digressions and some jokes. Okay, that sounds pretty fun. We Sign probably summarize the movie. Yeah, somebody All right. does. Not always. All right, I'll take one, please. I'll ride this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, why don't you take a seat right there? Uh, you got it, sitting down. Okay, I'm you want to strap, spread your napkin on your lap. You might my, get a little bit of spl- a splatter on you. Okay, well, I don't know why, just on my nap, <laughs> on my, on my, lap, in, my lap. Uh I'll just strap myself in right now, and uh, is, so I get wet on this ride. Your, yeah, your napkin's there. <laughs> yeah, my napkin's on my lap. Sam, Dan, sir, can you check sir, that? sir, sir, you're being awfully aggressive about this napkin. Sir, sir, please spread it on your lap. I did, I did. Sir. The napkin is on the lap. All right, this is for your safety, sir. I don't care. I don't care if you die. This is just a job to me. This is for you. Sir. Is this the ride? Do I just get abuse? <laughs> yeah, this is the ride. It's for people to get off on abuse. Okay, I'd like That's to get off this for. ride, please. Unstrap me. No. You signed up for the entire podcast. We'll unstrap you in about 
how long is this podcast? Like two hours long? Yeah, yeah, we yeah do. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're talking about it's a movie the we Dana watched. Gould show. So da- so that's a long podcast for podcast fans. It's not a the Day Ghoul in- Show. Yeah. yeah, the the Dana Ghoul <laughs> Show. Day Ghoul. <laughs> Day Ghoul Show. It's, it's a, a ghoul who just it's who a, really likes to get a suntan. It's a daytime show for ghouls. It's like Ellen. The ghoul dances up the aisles, dances down the aisles, mm-hmm. interviews Kristen Bell or something. Anyway, so Dan. Yeah, that's me. What Hold movie? On, I know that name. What <laughs> movie did we watch on this bad movie podcast? We watched Mordecai. It's about Johnny Depp and his mustache. <laughs> yeah, the movie's about Johnny Depp. <laughs> yep. It's a, who, bad, who it's plays, a biopic. Who plays Johnny Depp in this movie, Dan? Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> wow. I, I, I mean, I'd buy it. Gender yeah. blind casting. It's interesting. Yeah. It's a switch em up. It's, they both <laughs> peed in a fountain. <laughs> <laughs> they both peed in a fountain. Yeah. It's like that. Vice versa. <laughs> it's like that song. Two peas in a fountain. No, that's about what? the game of Pinochle. Okay. When you're playing it over a fountain and the peas fall in. Okay, I get so, it. So, Mordecai was a, is a comedy, right? Yep. Ostensibly. I'm told. Now, here's, this seems to have been, so this was uh, made, we should say, it was directed by David Kep. Is that how mm-hmm. it's pronounced? Who we all like, I think. Off to a great start. I yeah. Like, I like a lot of his stuff. Uh, his, his previous movie was Premium Rush, right? Uh, one of his previous movies. I don't know if it's his last director. I feel director like that was the last one be, But I that. liked that a lot. Yeah, I, I got a kick out of that. Mm-hmm. Michael Shannon is very funny in that movie. Yep. Yep. A lot of uh, just a lot of good New York, geography, New York geography is somewhat accurate. Yeah, that's an interesting thing in a movie. You, you rarely see a movie that takes that much care in actually getting the geography of a city down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a pulse, it's pound, under, pulse, underrated. pulse pounding through a ride for the senses that's as funny as it is heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know if it's heartbreaking. But so that's yes. that's premium rush, but we are watching Mordecai, and yeah. so this is based Which on is not a premium rush. This is, nope. seems to be based on some it's kind of like, plenty of rush, rush available. It's <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the budget rush, not premium. Yeah, readily available. This is the sort of rush that they give to students and prisoners. <laughs> okay. So it's not the kind of rush that's a that telling was, comment on uh, the rush distribution system in our country. Yeah, 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 yeah something it's like, like that. It's like Eric Schlosser's book, <laughs> Rush Food Nation. <laughs> You're making this harder for us to do, Dan. <laughs> How am I doing that? I'm just doing the normal gibberish. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but it's somehow gibberier. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about what this movie's about. So it's based on a, some series of English comedy novels, mm-hmm. which seem to be themselves kind of like violent, loosely Jeeves and Wooster type yeah. things. Uh, so And uh, Johnny Depp plays an unscrupulous art dealer, Lord Charlie Mordecai, who has a curled-up mustache that he just mm-hmm. grew. Uh, there's only one... There's that is a, a huge plot point. Yeah, there's a couple flashbacks to his mustache list before, but everyone feels the need to comment on his mustache. It, his mustache has a fucking arc in this movie. Yeah, that's true. It's really a central well, conflict of the film. Yeah. yeah, the mustache has a lot more character than many of the characters in the movie. But we're introduced to him in a kind of knockoff of the opening of Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. where he is trading a vase. He hopes for money to a Chinese art yes, buyer. You know. Asian. I mean, I think it's keeping in the sensitivity of Mordecai that we don't know exactly what uh, ethnicity well, this Well, they're in Hong is. Kong, so I'm guessing it's Chinese. But, sure. But uh, things almost go bad. He, this is a guy he's swindled in the past, this... Uh, Gang, Hong Kong gangster, and they're going to cut off Mordecai's finger, but luckily he's saved by his manservant, Jock, played by Paul mm-hmm. Bettany. What's, mm-hmm. the fir- what's the full name of this character? Uh, Jock. Wait, he's, you know the full name? Yeah, the full name of this character is 
Get ready to hold your sides. Okay, Why? Is, is someone going to shoot me and punch me? Holding on to your sides will prevent the bullet from hitting yeah. your body. Am I holding on to a side of beef because it might fall down and get dirty? It is Jock Strap. Oh, okay. That's the character's name. And I don't think that's ever Jock said... Strap. I don't think it's ever said in the movie, though. No. You were nervous it's, that if they said it in the movie, people would laugh so hard they'd die they'd of They'd just explode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, their brains would say, like, I got a mail, and just explode. Their yeah. socks would be knocked off with such force <laughs> that they would propel themselves through the uh, moviegoer in front of them. <laughs> Killing them. And yeah. meanwhile... <laughs> There'd be a big hole sock through their goes, chest. And the moviegoer who had lost the sock, the sock would burst off. With, yeah, the force would leave their feet shredded in tatters. Yeah. <laughs> just mangled bones. It's a double homicide from one yeah, joke. They they would slap their knees so hard as to literally knock the kneecap <laughs> off of their leg, tearing the flesh, mm-hmm. bleeding. And, and the it, yeah. kneecap would go spinning into the air, and several people would misreport it as a UFO. Yeah, <laughs> mass hysteria would rock the nation, and the government would fall apart. The yeah. tickling of the funny bone would occur at such force that the human body would vibrate to the point of blood leaking out of every pore. <laughs> to just liquefaction. Yeah. Uh, so that's what would happen if you knew his name was Jockstrap. But he is, uh, he's played by Paul Bettany, and he's kind of a combination bodyguard, manservant. He's like Kato a, like from, a Brock Samson. Yeah, he's Brock Samson, plus a little bit of Cato from the Pink Panther movies, plus Jeeves from Jeeves and Wooster. Like, there's a, he's, he's your kind of all-service thing. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say right now, I really enjoyed this character a lot. Yeah. He is one of these characters who is always very, uh, subservient to his boss, even though he's clearly smarter than him and better than him at everything, but he's very protective of his boss. And they gave, the one thing I don't like about him is they gave him the character trait of the ladies love him and he's always having sex with ladies. And it feels like it makes the character jealous. Well, certainly of course, as any, as I would of any man who, who is just catnip to ladies. Uh, since I am, what's the opposite of catnip? What drives cats away? Um, I'm citrus. They don't like the smell of citrus. I'm like, I'm like a, like a water bottle full of change being shaken sure. to cats, or like just being sprayed, a water bottle being sprayed at a cat mm-hmm. to ladies. Fire. They don't like fire either. Yeah, yeah, I'm like a flamethrower. <laughs> but uh, the... Dogs? I feel like it nah, makes... Some dogs. Dep- yeah, like I've the internet seen some unlikely of- animal friends on the internet that were pretty <laughs> yeah. adorable. I think it's there's it's funnier to me for a character to be super competent but not get any, any respect. That's true. Than to see a character who's super competent also a ladies' man, and yet for no reason chooses to stay with his right. stupid boss. You know, it's funnier to me if he's devoted to his boss and doesn't realize almost how much better he is. But that's in the Jeeves and Wooster tradition, though. Like the was Jeeves got constantly getting fucking well, no. ladies. <laughs> we, we don't know his success rate with ladies. That was I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna bet that P, maybe P, PJ Wood PG, PG, Woodha- PG Woodhouse, Woodhouse not- wrote, wrote them under his pseudonym. Penis giant Woodhouse <laughs> with Wood spelled W O O D. There's a line of T-shirts, right? No, where they were called, yeah, it's called Jeeves and Wust her. I'm just saying where that he was wusting all the ladies. It's the same situation where a hyper competent oh, character no, exactly. is is serving a uh, less than competent. No, I character. like that, se- and I like that setup a lot. I just don't like the constant lady banging. Yeah, because it feels like. This, the more this character is rewarded for his competency, the less funnier, the less funny it is to me. Yeah. The same way that like Jeeves and Wooster would stop being funny to me if like Jeeves became rich. Did that ever happen? No. I mean, like, I mean, like that was Jeeves, a very, very specific. Yeah, he won the lottery or like something. Like Jeeves won the lottery, or like if it turns like out, like in Roseanne, or <laughs> like in that final season of Roseanne when uh, when Jim Varney showed up as that English Duke. <laughs> well, that was very. <laughs> yeah. Jeeves and Wooster is a very is very specifically a play on like the class system showing. 
the supposed lower class being more competent than the upper class. I mean, here in Mordecai, it doesn't necessarily translate. It's well, just, there's a little bit of that, but not quite as much. It's yeah. just a couple of wacky guys being wacky together. Anyway, they go back to London. Like wacky yep, guys do. Yep. They go back to London. I would describe this movie as wacky, you're right. It is wacky. Madcap. It's a zany romp. This is very much in the style of those 60s zany romps mm. that they made. Casino Royale. Thousands new pussycat? of. Basically, like, um, almost every movie Peter Sellers made that when you watch it, you're like, oh, this yeah. isn't very good. Like, it's in the style of those movies. The Alice Toklas, whatever that fucking I love thing. you, Alice B. Toklas. Yeah. yeah. Which is The not party. Much. Very, like, swinging, swinging 60s. Swinging madcap mod 60s. <laughs> 60s swinging so high. <laughs> And so low. You're swinging all the way around the, the swing set. Wow, that's that's pretty swinging. Yeah. So they try to <laughs> emulate that by by not having jokes. By not well, having jokes. I would say with <laughs> having uh, it's a an over the top cartoonish style. Having the and the movie costumes more interesting than anything said by any character. Uh-huh. Yes, and the and I, but I'm going to go on and a, having cameos by stars who would then exit the movie very quickly. Huge stars <laughs> of yesterday, like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, huge stars <laughs> the of yesterday. Of all the blooms. Yeah, the golden age of Hollywood and Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> former Jeff husband of Marlena no, Dietrich. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Silverbloom. I'm sorry, you have placed and you will receive the Jeff Bronze Bloom. <laughs> Why did I even enter the competition? <laughs> I don't know, but you can enjoy this performance of Jeff Goldblum playing jazz piano. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something he does yep. with the hand of a fly. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's talk, now uh, let's talk a little bit of the plot, and then I'm going to tell you a shocking secret that mm. I have about this movie. Okay. Uh, they so they esc- they extricate themselves from trouble. They go back to London. Teaser. Uh, just do it. Mordecai's wife Joanna, played by Gwyneth Paltrow, does not like his new mustache. Mm-hmm. And every time gag. every time she tries to kiss him, she gags, which makes him gag. It is a it's gag a- that is not funny <laughs> and makes the audience yeah. gag. Uh, they are deeply in debt because they're a bunch of drunk layabouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Mordecai is kind of like an un, an incom, incompetent Nick Charles. Yeah. He's like a, a drunken party boy with a mustache who is not good at his job. Yeah. As opposed to Nick Charles who gets better at solving crimes the more he drinks. And gets less funny the less he drinks in the later movies. And she's a less ditzy Nora Charles who solves everything for her husband. Uh, I don't think that's tr- Oh, wait, no. In this movie she solves yeah. everything. Oh, okay. Yes. I thought you said that they were saying in the Thin Man movies. No, in the Thin Man movies they are I, they're Fairly equal partners. Nick is probably more Nick of a is the one who solves the crimes. Yeah. There's always a part at the end where Nora is like, mm, just explain to me who did it. And he's yeah. playing it out. Uh, but here's the story. Ewan McGregor, a government. Ewan McGregor's in this? Mm-hmm. He is. Which means. Obi Wan Kenobi? <laughs> Flophouse fame. The man who originated the role of Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> the man everyone thinks of when and, they hear and, the words Obi Wan Kenobi? <laughs> and took over Alec Guinness's role in train spotting. <laughs> Ewan McGregor. <laughs> I found myself addicted to heroin. <laughs> That's my kind of little puddly and elegant. Yeah. <laughs> Luke. It's a suppository. What? Train spotting. Okay. Anyway, it's called Jedi spotting. It's like <laughs> so, train spotting, no. but they're all Jedis, but they're still strung out on heroin. Okay. Why do you think they turn to the dark side? They didn't even do death sticks. You're just doing heroin? They go straight to heroin. Straight to heroin. Yeah. Because the force is such a high, you need a really hard drug to to beat it. You have so many midichlorians in your body, you need something really hard. Okay. Just even feel. Just even to get to zero. (laughs) (laughs) Just to reach normal. Just to get well. (laughs) You're less than zero when you're a Jedi. (laughs) Less than zero. Uh, So they're in debt. 
Ewan McGregor. Zero the Hut. <laughs> Zero the Hut. That's the version of Star Wars where they digitally erase Jabba the Hut. Yeah. It's just, and it's just they're talking to an empty pedestal. Yep. Salacious Crumb is sitting on thin air. Yes. There's, there's just a hat for some reason. Was, was the original Jabba wearing a hat? It was the sequel. I never noticed. Sequel to the other famous George Lucas erasing film Zero the Greek, where they removed Anthony Quinn from all the scenes. <laughs> It's George Lucas's art project from his THX one one three eight days. Well, he said I uh, with the special editions I added in a lot of nonsense shit in the backgrounds. I now I tried to remove something necessary to the scenes as a way of taking it in the opposite direction. You see, as an artist, I have to always be revolutionizing myself. It's an experiment of pure film. <laughs> <laughs> All right, George. <laughs> I guess you got all the money. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Why not? You're a billionaire. Genius. Genius. Name, name, Newt Gunray. That's a great name. Now, I, to- I took the original print of Casablanca, and I replaced Rick with Jar Jar. <laughs> I replaced Rick with a potted orchid. Just to see if anyone would tell the difference. It turns out they could. The orchid failed to have the charisma of Humphrey Bogart at his finest. <laughs> Uh, then I replaced Peter Lorre with kind of a small owl. <laughs> now that that was harder to that was Let's, harder for people to discern. When the owl screeched, it sounded like Peter Lorre screeching. <laughs> now again, when I replaced Claude Rains, <laughs> the owl, with, the most Peter Lorre-like of the birds of prey. <laughs> <laughs> when I replaced Claude Rains with this collectible glass with a picture of Grimace from the McDonald's cast on it, again people noticed. <laughs> it was very hard to believe that the Grimace glass was. Making women sleep with him in order to get out of to get to get out of Casablanca, but at the end it was quite touching when the grimace glass and the potted orchid walk through the fog, talking about the friendship they're going to have. Because despite their differences, one of course being a flower and the other being a collectible glass, they can be friends. You think you've really struck on something about George Lucas? Is his craziness is lovable? Quite, yeah. Even when he does things that are totally wrong, there's something there's something appealing about him. There's something kind of like puppy dogish about him in his flannel shirts and his high pitched voice Mm -hmm. and his love of old hot rods. (laughs) CGI haircut. (laughs) Now, again, when I replaced Sydney Greenstreet with a Teddy Ruxpin, harder to tell the difference. Many people thought that I had actually improved the performance. Who, George? Who? Who well, thought that? Uh, the makers of Teddy Ruxpin. <laughs> Mr. Theodore Ruxpin. <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot that in Flophouse lore. What is, what is Teddy Ruxpin? He's like, son? <laughs> well, much as Frankenstein's like monster is now known as Frankenstein, yeah. Teddy he couldn't have a child, so created this monstrous <laughs> robot bear. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I forgot that in Flophouse lore, Te- Teddy Ruxpin is the son of Alan Ruck and, and a female bear. <laughs> so go back to whatever episode that was in. Labor Day. That was in Labor Day? I think so. The Alan Ruck stuff was in he Labor Day. He taught it to tell stories. <laughs> now, he, he taught it. He gave it the, the magic power of being able to repeat the words yeah. on cassette tapes shoved into its butt. <laughs> they called it Teddy Buttspin. You're putting them in the wrong place, Elliot. <laughs> Uh, um, the Teddy Ruxman didn't seem to mind. Anyway, we're not really into the movie. Here, let's do the plot fast. There's a secret painting by, uh, previously unseen painting by Francisco Goya, the famous painter, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. has been stolen in the murder and, of... And uh, <laughs> Bean Entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, founder of the Bean Empire. Go, Goya, they used to shout at him. The bullies, as, as they taunted him. And he said, I'll show you. I'll make that a sign of pride. Mm-hmm. 
You won't have to. You won't have to soak your chickpeas anymore, thanks to me. <laughs> I wish I was Jupiter and you were my children, so I could devour. Oh, it's not Jupiter. It's uh, Kronos, right? Who devoured his children? Yes. Yeah, I wish I was Kronos and you were my children, so I could devour you. Jupiter as broke baby. that cycle. Of- That's true. Jupiter was the one who killed Kronos because mm-hmm. Kronos couldn't tell the difference between a, ma- a god and a rock in swaddling clothes. <laughs> exactly. Let so me he tell deserved you. It. <laughs> Let me, I don't know how Kronos managed to stay on top for so long. Mm. Now, there's this Goya painting. Like it was heavens, stolen in the so. murder of an art restorer. Ewan McGregor is with MI5, and he believes that an international My terrorist five. named... Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. My Five! <laughs> You're welcome, guys. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Reminding us of the worst catchphrase of, uh, what, the, the first decade of the 20th century? Yep. <laughs> Never has a movie gone from... I think this is the cutting edge of comedy too. Please stop now. In my so fast in my mind as Borat did. I saw it when it opened and I was like, that was great. And then I heard the catchphrase, I think, for three straight days, and I was like, this movie sucks. Forget it. Anyway, they think this terrorist has stolen it so that he can, I don't know, sell it or something. Mordecai agrees to get it in exchange for having, I guess, his debt to the country wiped out mm-hmm. and and ten percent of the insurance money or something. Something like that. Anyway, Mordecai goes all over the place, gets into a lot of crazy shenanigans. There's a shootout at a car uh, garage. There is uh, there were some jokes there. There's an there's a meeting between Gwyneth Paltrow and a guy named the Duke, who uh, who played the bad guy in uh, Last Crusade, which means well, not the main bad guy. And I mean, he's a Nazi dude. How bad do they get? <laughs> he's a major well, bad Donovan guy. Donovan is he's the a, lead bad guy in Last Crusade. He's yeah. the guy who was in that uh, that tank, and there's that weird like. Push in on his face as he goes over the cliff in the tank. If goes, you go over, if you go over a cliff in a tank, your face is going to be crazy. No, sure, <laughs> you're going to get a case that. of what they call crazy face. <laughs> it was also a Dick Tracy villain. Gorin was that his name? And I could have. Yeah, there. Herman Goering was his name, and he was a much bigger guy than than no. in the movie. Anyway, so but that but he's also a returning Flophouse actor. It turns out, and this movie, <laughs> like many of the actors in this movie, this movie is full of returning Flophouse faves. Johnny Depp. Paul Bettany, who's been in three or four Flophouse movies at this point, yep. four. went for Gwyneth this Paltrow and, of course, Michael Byrne as the Duke. <laughs> and uh, Jeff he was Goldblum. In, and guess what Flophouse movie he was in? You'll never guess because I forgot we did it and I forgot the movie existed. <laughs> Blood, The Last Vampire. <laughs> now, was Jeff Goldblum in a previous Flophouse movie? Dan? Not that I know of. Okay, first timer. Check the archives. Him and you and McGregor, first timers. Yeah, we a couple first timers. We'll be gentle with them. Mm-hmm. And Olivia Munn, who was also a Flophouse first-timer. Okay. Uh, so, it, the... Uh, Vogel it, was his name. Vogel. Vogel, like a bird. And he was very Vogel when he fell off that cliff going, <laughs> ah! <laughs> anyway, uh, so the painting apparently has written on the back of it a bank account in which a Nazi bigwig, I forgot, it was Goering, I think, uh, put, stole... Uh, I thought it was Goebbels. It was Goebbels? I don't remember. It's one of the big-name Nazis. One of your one of your name-brand Nazis. Nazis. Not one of your brand-X Vogel Nazis. <laughs> one of your name-brand marquee Nazis. Yeah. Like a Nazi that could open a picture. Top Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> top Nazi. I remember when I was a college student, I was so poor, all I could afford was Top Nazi. <laughs> to eat. I mean, it's so cheap. You just add water and you heat it up a little bit. Yeah. Tasted terrible. <laughs> you use water, I just... Poured the flavor packet inside, smashed it up, and ate it like that. <laughs> Nazi bits. <laughs> Again, one of the worst cereals of all time. You got little swastikas, little uh, skulls, yeah, little sure. mustaches. No marshmallows at all. No, because it was the they city for work, for work, not play. 
It was called, it, it said uh, Breakfast and Mocked Fry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's stop with the Nazi jokes, shall we? Mm. Mordecai is kidnapped by a bunch of Russians who want to find out where the painting is. Jock saves him. We have that great open your balls joke. Mordecai almost gets his testicles electrocuted, and he, uh, the Russian thugs tell him to open his balls. And open your balls, And he doesn't Quaid. know what it means. And there was a line that I thought was funny where they're escaping, and Mordecai says to Jock, Open your balls. What does that mean? He's like, I don't know, sir. Uh, really? What? I have no idea what it means. I don't know, sir. Goes, Do you really know and you just don't want to tell me? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> like, I, And here's my secret that I'm going to reveal. I think I kind of like this movie. <laughs> it was so dumb and not very funny. But when it was funny, it was funny in a way that I was like, okay, I found that genuinely funny. And for I was not as bored as I was watching Fifty Shades of Grey, for instance. Yeah. Because at least it's a colorful looking movie. It usually moves fast. But and it anyway. earns its hard R rating. <laughs> and Well, I mean, they say the F word a couple times. That's about it. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh wow! Even know Wowzers! It's a soft R, mm-hmm. like the R is made out of butter left out on a counter for hours to keep it soft, like the French girls do. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, so, Hugh McGregor's character uh, wants to win over Gwyneth Paltrow's character. He's always been in love with her, and in college, Mordecai stole her from him. Yeah, there's that great flashback with Spin Doctor song. <laughs> yeah. That was a good joke. To actually. place it in the '90s, two princesses just playing <laughs> in the background, but uh, which in this movie. Feels like an anachronism because this movie exists out of time. Yeah. Well, it exists nowadays, but everyone kind of acts like it's the 60s. Yeah. Uh, and this isn't one of those Austin Powers types yeah, movies. They were like frozen. A, like a gold member is going to show up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A gold bloom shows up, though. One of those gold members. Yep. Speaking of which, they go to Los Angeles, sent by MI5, where they stay in a trendy hotel where everyone has mustaches in a scene that almost is a joke, but isn't a joke. Uh, they are, meet Jeff Goldblum whose Rolls-Royce car has the painting inside it. And also Jeff Goldblum's, is it his wife or his daughter? His daughter. His daughter played by Olivia Munn, who is a sex fiend. And You know she's a sex fiend because she's named Georgina. If you're named Georgina in a movie, you're a sex fiend. Really? What other movie it Georginas are there? Like I think real... Head of the Family is the only other one I can think of. The limited. Because it's a very unsexy name. I'll yeah. give you that. It's not like. Your uh, sample size is very small. Like that's Veronica. Too. I haven't is seen that many movies, name. dude. Yeah. Or like, what's another sexy name? Like. Uh, mm, Sapphire. Sapphire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super classy. Yep. Is she a jewel thief or is she a sex bot? <laughs> or is she, she the jewel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no reason she has to choose. <laughs> sure. This, I mean, like, Georgina like, doesn't seem like a sex bot to me. Like, Georgina seems like an awkward attempt to turn a man's name into a woman's <laughs> Well, that's what it was. Or like, yep. Felicia is a, is a sexy name for like yeah, a cat burglar. It's, it's the name George Lucas uses on How internet forums. <laughs> 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 when it says, it says age, age, sex, location. I'm Georgina, uh, age 22, uh, sex, female, location, Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> when he's undercover everyone to try online to, it's like are you George Lucas no no I'm Georgina Lucicia <laughs> I'm a 22 year old hottie heard, my mistake my uh, the feathers are very wet for you right now <laughs> I'm just wearing a plaid shirt <laughs> and nothing else and nothing else except I could use computers to add more clothes later if that's what you're into <laughs> do you like hot rods <laughs> do you enjoy collecting Norman Rockwell paintings <laughs> It's a deep cut for George Lucas. Anyway, uh, there's a whole lot of shenanigans. There's a big party at at Jeff Goldblum's house. He and uh, during it, Jock and <laughs> as always, Jock, <laughs> famous guy. party animal, Jeff, party animal Goldblum. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think of something that rhymed with Jeff, and I couldn't think of anything. Jeffrey G. Bloom. Jeff Hef Goldblum. They call him that because he is like 
a Hugh Hefner times two. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> Stuart did not Thanks like for narrating that. Because that. Uh, they cannot see it at home. <laughs> Why are you catching on? <laughs> well, you realize that finally? <laughs> How come you didn't know the beginning of the episode? <laughs> Mr. Like, Shrugs. It's a learning curve. <laughs> Shrug, Shrugs McKenzie yeah. over here. Nancy and Shruggo over here. <laughs> Shrugs Bunny. Hey, I got one. Shrugs Meanie. How about that? Yeah, that's all right. Okay. I'm not that into it. <laughs> so, uh, Jock and Mordecai are going to steal the painting during the party. Uh-oh. Gwyneth Paltrow shows up. She had a big argument with... Uh, with Mordecai earlier about his mustache, shows up while he's being seduced through dance by Georgina. It's not what it looks like. He goes with, and they he gets out of that situation pretty easily. Mm-hmm. He and Jock go to steal the painting, but it's already been stolen, and Jeff Goldblum has been killed. After two scenes. He has about two and a half scenes in the movie, <laughs> one of which he is dead in. Uh, it is a waste. Put him on the poster. I gotta say, and when compared to Jeff Goldblum death scenes, not as good as Grand Budapest Hotel or The Fly. Mm-hmm. What about when he dies and Earth Girls are easy? Uh, he, I don't think he does <laughs> die and Earth Girls are easy. I thought he got, got totally murdered by alien hunters. Cut, I think you were thinking of Jurassic Park, the book, in which he dies, not the movie, in oh, which okay. he doesn't. I didn't know Jeff Goldblum was in the book. Yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> uh, he plays himself in the book. The thing is, the people they invite to the opening are the Sam Neill, the paleontologist, Alan Grant. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, uh, the mathematician, Ian, whatever his name is. Yep. McDermott, let's say. <laughs> and uh, Ian Malcolm. And <laughs> Ian Jeff, McDermott. And Jeff Goldblum, who is following Ian Malcolm around because he's going to play him in a movie called oh, Jurassic okay. Park about the successful opening of the Jurassic Park. The movie is going to be called Jurassic World. <laughs> How many raptors are in it, Elliot? Like 40 billion, and they all look super fake. <laughs> Jurassic girls are easy. And it's about a guy who's having sex with a dinosaur. Because <laughs> they're so easy. Yeah, I mean, they're not actually that easy. They're, yeah, they're animals. You, 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 you got to drug them up. You be very careful, or you're going to be ripped apart because <laughs> yeah. they're trying to have sex with them. Because they're clever girls. Yeah, there you go. Get yeah. it? You got it. Okay, let's go it. on. This guy gets so, in. So <laughs> uh, they f- try to find the painting. The p- they find it. The p- it turns out Georgina's in cahoots with the terrorist. The they find they track him down to a hotel, and Ewan McGregor burns the painting rather than letting it and its financial secrets fall into the hands of a bad guy, a terrorist who's going to use it to fund his terrorism. Mm-hmm. But then it turns out that painting was a fake. It turns out the Nazi from Last Crusade <laughs> had the real one in his bathroom the whole time. Uh, they the Mordecais steal it, and they are going to get it by putting it up for auction to get money. To pay off their debts, and they're going to hide it as a painting they have, but then actually sell the painting they have when they think they're selling the famous painting to the bad guys. Let's just say this. There's a lot of nonsense at an auction house. Does it make us forget the auction scene in North by Northwest? Certainly not. Uh, But it might be right up there with the auction scene in Vincent and Theo, which is very boring because it's just footage of an actual auction. This movie desperately wants to be a screwball comedy, and it has... This, like the switchbacks of a screwball comedy, but it does not. Yeah, because it's such a steep hill. It does not make us care about any of it. So, well, I mean, you don't it even just nec- turns into like convoluted. You don't even necessarily have to care or be able to keep track. I'll say that there are a lot of funny screwball comedies or farces where if you were asked what happened two scenes ago to to make yeah, this you happen, you'd be like, "What? I don't know." But while you're following it, it makes some sort of logic. <laughs> Why are you asking me this in the middle of a movie? I'm trying to finish watching Noises Off. Can you please stop bothering me? <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't have the crackerjack plotting that a, a a real screwball has. Yeah, there are no crackerjacks. It's just complicated. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not screwballs. <laughs> no, <laughs> the no. famous screwball comedy. <laughs> it is not screwballs. screwballs. <laughs> it does not end 
with a f- freeze of like a topless lady. It's not a freeze. You get to see it blowing in the wind. Right? Okay. <laughs> see it blowing in the wind. It being what? A the woman, woman? A woman's bosoms. <laughs> now here depersonalized famed, to an it. Famed feminist Stuart Wellington. <laughs> Use the word bosoms. <laughs> it's pretty much just, it's glorious. He didn't call them like, like chest biscuits or something. And, uh, Stuart Wellington. <laughs> Now, uh, so they, in the end, Mordecai wins and his wife wins. Hooray. They get enough money to pay off their back taxes. Oh Everything's okay. Mordecai's going to shave off his mustache, win back his wife, and she says, you know what? Keep it. The fact that you were willing to shave it off for me is enough, and they have a bath together. She tries to kiss him, and she gags, and then Mordecai gags. The end. And then the audience gags with laughter. Uh, well, Credits in some way. Roll. So I'm going to say this. Not a good movie. Not, yep. not that enjoyable, but I kind of liked it. Yeah, wait, are we into Final Judgments already? You're the boss. I don't know. What else did you want to say like about it? I feel like you kind of are. Well, let's just go to it. Cause no, but what were you going to say? What were you going to say? I mean, I was, I was, I, anything I was going to say, we could say it in okay. Final I was just happy they didn't play that Smash Mouth song at any point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I will say the music was too loud and crazy. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse and that shit all over the place. <laughs> yeah, they were Mickey Mousing it up. Um, uh, so let's do Final Judgments. Ka-splash. Was this a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of liked? Elliot kind of liked it. I'm on record. Kind of like, I'm ashamed to say it, but I have to be. throw that shit on the poster. Look, as Robert Warshaw said in The Immediate Experience, I must admit that I'm a man watching a film having a non-conscious reaction to the film. Kind of liked it. Here's what I'll say about the movie. Put it on the poster. Kind of liked it. (laughs) Elliot Kalin, The Flophouse. Here's what I'll say about the movie. The movie bored me for huge, long stretches of it. Uh, people can uh, people can attest. Yeah, the people two people can attest. <laughs> two people in the room. Who can name them all? <laughs> Who has the time? Elliot and Stuart can attest that I spent a fair amount of the movie staring at my phone because I got uninterested in the machinations of the plot. There were too many mm-hmm. uh, double crosses and switch em ups and, and switch Rooney's. Googling and, like yeah, and Andy Rooney's and feet or something. Mickey Rooney's and I didn't like the mechanics of the plot. Bored me, mm-hmm. but um, I kind of enjoyed. That there are a bunch of good actors giving their all to some really shitty material. That's the thing. Nobody in the it's not great material, but nobody in the movie is sleeping through it, and nobody's half-assing it. They are, yeah, they're really. I going feel like all it. the actors and the director are giving it their all, and the script is terrible. <laughs> there are a few funny lines in the script. But yeah, mostly it's not very good. But that's an interesting experience, and like if you have any fondness for terrible comedies of the '60s, which I don't really, but I kind of do because they're. They baffle me so much. Like, I stare at them, and my brain tries to wrap them. Well, <laughs> like, we my t- brain rejects While them. While we were watching it, <laughs> your brain is like, get it. Oh, I can't know. Like, this is in the form of comedy, but nothing is funny. I don't understand. <laughs> While we were watching it, we were talking about the scene in the original Casino Royale where he has to match strengths with the Scottish Klansman, and it's totally boring and long and not funny, but it yeah. goes on forever. Or there's the little car race at the end of What's a Pussycat? Mm. No, no, a What's New Pussycat? Yeah. And it, where it's like, this is not funny, and it's going on forever. Forever. And the movie seems to be wanting to tell me that this is funny. Even funny comedies from the 60s, even like like good Pink Panther movies, have long stretches that are just like interminable, like, what is going on? Yeah. Why is this on... <laughs> Why am I being forced to watch this just for like the 15 minutes of this movie where Peter Sellers is going to be hilarious? <laughs> so I mean, I like more of those movies than I think you do. But. No, I do. No, I look. Look, I'm just saying that like uh, Sh- Shot in the Dark is the only one that's really solid, and then like the I other would, ones are really I like up and down. I like Return of the Pink Panther a lot too. Yeah, but, but anyway, what I'm going to say is 
from scene to scene, it alternated between bad, bad movie and movie I kind of liked. It would keep going back and forth. So that's what my feeling is. Stuart? Yeah, I guess I'm with you more with you, Dan, than Elliot. There was a, you know, there's a couple of jokes I like, but in general, it was it was not tight enough for me to give it a movie I kind of like. Now look, am I ever going to watch this movie again? No. You're yeah. not going to go buy it? No, I'm not going to run out. I'm not going to run the Blu-ray. We did watch the we did watch the R-rated version and not the PG-13 rated cut that you can also yeah. now watch. Now, which was more guy heads out there? But that's the thing is, I think watch more. I think I think like a 13 year old might enjoy a desexed version of this more than an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is like what? Like, who is Harry Crumb? Because this was too erotic. And <laughs> yeah. it's current it's a form. Who's who, Harry Crumb? Who is Harry Crumb? It's Crum, a regular really. delirious. <laughs> it's a regular second Two sight. I liked better than Mordecai. <laughs> <laughs> second sight, yeah. yeah it's a regular Doctor and... Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is weird. That movie baffles me. How did that movie get made? Like. Dan Aykroyd plays like a like a robot he's pimp like a, in <laughs> Chicago. He's like a fake pimp. <laughs> yeah. A pimp superhero? I don't understand. Look, you can't, in a world... And Howard in a, Hessman is in it? In a universe where <laughs> nothing but trouble exists, I can't ask why any other movie was ever made. In a, in a world, in a universe, in a multiverse, where someone saw the script for Nothing But Trouble and was like, yeah, I would pay to have this made. Green what kind, of, what kind of idiot God would allow this? <laughs> As a thought, da- dancing to the mad sounds of blind pipers. What, what, what tribulation did he seek to visit upon humanity? Yeah, that so. he greenlit Nothing But Trouble. Yeah. So we all agree, Mordecai was fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, A++++. Hello, I'm Taco, the elven magician. Moral High Church here, the master of clerical magic. I'm Magnus Burnside, the fighter. Did you guys like that? Did you, the listener, like that? You were just swept up in a world of high fantasy and magic where anything can happen and anything is possible. Hi, I'm Griffin McElroy, Dungeon Master for The Adventure Zone, a new podcast on Maximum Fun, in which magic and mystery intertwine for a very erotically charged role-playing experience. (laughs) You can catch it every other Thursday here on MaximumFun.org or iTunes. It's Dungeons & Dragons, but with family. Moving on to letters from listeners. Yeah, why not? Uh, That's the... Uh, the traditional next segment in the show. Yeah, yeah. As legend tells. <coughs> Passed down generation for generation. Of letters. Uh, and the first letter. There is a prophecy. <laughs> oh, a I prophecy like of missives from the outside. What the elders call the wasted land. <laughs> Too poisonous from after the nuke war. For regular travelers to voyage across. Mm-hmm. And yet, strange communications from intelligences unknown are received by the last surviving members of humanity, known as the House of the Flopping Inn. (laughs) The House of the Flopping Inn, where the three now elderly survivors and caretakers of the memory of humanity sit in ancient silence, too frightened to speak for fear of being interrupted by one of the other two. This isn't even a song. (laughs) (laughs) And lo, the prophecy foretells that a message shall be received... A youth shall be discovered, and a new world aborn. In the aftertimes, <laughs> after the cataclysm of the nuke war, there <laughs> came like a, a people, <laughs> the flock people, a mighty tribe, a massive tribe, a wise tribe. <laughs> the All flock right. people, 
spreading the gospel of thought across the wasteland to mutants and ghosts and zombies and skeletons and aliens and robots and gator men and ant people and bear dogs. Compass. All right, all right. Just a few more letters. Yeah. I've been writing on sheets of white. Just trying to get weird prog rock introduction to (laughs) that actual rose. (laughs) That's actual rose. Actual rose, not a simulation. That's like something like like your grandma is like, Stuart, I got you that actual rose album you wanted, and it's just a photo album (laughs) pictures of roses. Well, grandma, it's supposed to be Axel Rose with Guns and Roses. Oh, a gun at your age? I don't think so. Um, so this first letter, uh, this is clearly in uh, response to something that we said in a previous. Who episode can remember that I can't remember? Every lost, episode lost through the sands but of time. The minute Dan says recording over, I click, drag my memories to the recycle bin, and delete. Yes, yeah, so I don't know what specifically this was in reference to, but it was interesting enough on its own that I was going to read it. Uh, it goes like this: Gents, although Godzilla has never fought either Frankenstein. Or Frankenstein's monster. Well, well, well. Let's just say right here, in Frankenstein Conquers the World, Frankenstein's monster fights Baragon. Well, hold on. We're getting there. Okay. He got closer than you expect. Okay, there you go. Thanks, letter writer. During 1960, Miriam C. Cooper actually tried to sell Toho in a movie where King Kong would fight a Frankenstein-style monster. This is this somehow more metamorphosized into King Kong fighting Godzilla in Godzilla versus King Kong, which in Japan was actually mostly a weird working-class comedy with monsters in it. <laughs> Then Toho I like made that idea. Frankenstein Conquers the World, okay. where Nazi scientists attempt to take the heart of Frankenstein's monster to Japan. Unfortunately for Japan, they take the heart to Hiroshima, where it is irradiated when the Allies bomb the city. This obviously results in the heart regenerating into a giant dude who then fights a monster called Baragon. Okay, thank you. Baragon would go on to fight alongside Godzilla against King Ghidorah and destroy all monsters. Yeah, yeah. Also, Frankenstein's monster sort of ended up splitting into two giant hairy twins who fought one another. And wore the gargantuas. <laughs> Although that is not terribly relevant here. <clears throat> so by the transitive property, Godzilla has not only fought Frankenstein's monster, he's done it twice. Also, Toho has made some absurd movies. Yours and Flop, Lawrence, last name withheld. <laughs> I've seen all those movies, and I love them all. <laughs> when I was a kid, I watched the Godzilla movies almost in order over and over again. Yeah? Yeah, I loved them. I'd even sit through the boring talkie scenes because I knew guys in monster suits were going to be punching each other on tiny city sets. Mm-hmm. I'd always get up during so like the talkie scenes and leave. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good way to or do like, it, too. like build a Ford out of Legos. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Ford for my Lego, man, not for me. What That'd be crazy. Those, those twins were on, on... The Mother Twins? The Mother yeah. Twins? Just hanging yeah. out, saying things. Uh, singing, that falls uh, under the boring category. Singing a beautiful <laughs> song that went, Masuraya, Masura. <laughs> I don't know the actual words. It's just my transliteration. That's uh, a lullaby you use for your baby, right? I totally should. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. Well, that's the song they sing to get Mothra to calm him down and everything. Yeah, yeah. So uh, here's what I'm going to say about that. Also, I (laughs) just finished watching the other day the new version of Godzilla, Mm -hmm. which I missed when it was in the theaters. Didn't you care said for it. Nude version yeah. of Godzilla? Well, God, all versions of Godzilla are nude. He never wears clothes. I didn't like that new Godzilla movie, and I was yeah. really looking forward to it. Yeah. I liked it okay. I found the human plot line uninteresting. And, yeah, that, that's fair. And I found the new monster uninspiring. Hmm. 
right. Okay. Hot also, takes from LA Kalen. is it just me or did Godzilla get kind of fat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a chunky Godzilla. He got chubs over The there. internet went crazy about that. They were making fun of how fat he was. He was kind of fat. I kind of like that, though. No, I like, yeah, it made him more vulnerable. He was fat mm-hmm. like my cat. Well, that was the thing. Mm-hmm. Is I adorably found it. Fat. Adorably fat. Exactly. It was braver of Godzilla to be nude in <clears> those <throat> scenes because he's so out of shape. Mm-hmm. There was, yeah. there was a there was an about Schmidt Kathy Bates honesty about the scenes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get you. Uh, this next letter. <laughs> so why did that person write in? <laughs> I don't know. I'm saying I must have been in, in reference to something that we said <laughs> uh, in a right, previous right. episode, but I don't remember, and I don't care to remember. Uh, <laughs> I want to now. I want to see a series of of. Of shorts you do called I Don't Remember, where you're sitting in a chair and goes, Ah, yes. January 6, 2007. I Don't Remember. That's the whole thing. It's like an NPR series. <laughs> you know, Dan McCoy in I Don't Remember. It's like the opposite of StoryCorps. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what happened on uh, uh, April fifth, nineteen ninety two, and I don't care. Some something could have happened. I don't know. <laughs> I prefer the Crypt Keepers NPR show, Gory Core. <laughs> also, Tory Gore or Story Gore. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Not Tory Gore. That's too <laughs> political for me. Yeah. <laughs> Tory Gore is also, I guess, the Tales from the Crypt nickname for Terry Gar. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Terror Gore. <laughs> <laughs> when the Crypt Keeper on his local news channel is what reviewing Young Frankenstein <laughs> yeah. or Manos's Torgo Gore. <laughs> uh, this one goes like this: Hello, Peaches. Dan Hi. and Dan and Elliot can take a breather on this one because okay. this email is directed toward Stuart. Ba-boom. Is this from my mom? <laughs> Stuart, at your wedding, did your wife write her own vows and include a parody of Casey and JoJo's "All My Life" featuring the lyric "All My Life"? I've prayed for someone like Stu. Do you think that if you had been marrying Weird Al Yankovic, that that he would have done that? Probably. Do you wish you had married Weird Al Yankovic? (laughs) I'll hang up and listen. Chris, last name withheld. Well, the advantage of being married to Weird Al Yankovic would be, of course, uh, financial security. (laughs) He's very successful. Uh, And the security of knowing that he has a fortune of parody jokes. And you can run your hair, your hands through those long. Run my hair through his hair. Yeah, I wish. I wish that we could tie it together (laughs) and then just whip each other around the room. (laughs) Exactly, like some kind of martial arts duo in a Shaw Brothers film. (laughs) I wish it had said, "Do you wish you?" Married Weird Al Yankovic, signed Weird Al, last name withheld. <laughs> I can say, as someone who's known Stuart for years, that he has sung plenty of songs that have the word you in them and replace <laughs> Stu in the lyrics. Die Without Stu. Yeah. yeah. There's probably others. I've been waiting for a girl, girl like, like Stu. Stu. Yeah. 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 Stu. Stu got what I need. Like that one. Yeah. yeah. We, we can go stuff. on for a while. Yeah. Elliot, there's Still not a lot of Elliot. make me feel... No, Elliot fits into almost no songs. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dan fits into a lot. It's a rain and Dan. <laughs> Hallelujah, it's rain and Dan. However, there's very few songs that actually have my name in it. The only one I can think of is... Daniel is leaving tonight on the plane. I don't think I know that song. That's Who's that uh, by? Elton John. Oh. Danny boy. Oh, there you go. That's a classic. I'm a soul Dan. Okay. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> So, um, what's the answer to that? Dan, 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 The answer Dan, is Dan, yes, Dan. maybe, probably. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thanks, Stu. So, um, last letter of the evening. 
Last letter. Final letter. Is Last letter. Is titled, think of the ratings. <laughs> okay. Mm. Podcast ratings? Peaches, babies. I've been following your work for some time, and I've got to tell you, I Goodness. like what I hear. <laughs> but we all know that after 170-some episodes, the shtick has become a little played out. You're mm-hmm. telling us. That's right. The bits, Stuart. <laughs> sure. <laughs> You've attempted. This guy's coming on real strong. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Full court press is what David Kalin would call it. <laughs> sure. You've attempted to mix it up with tried and t- tested tropes. The time Stewart tried to get out of jury duty, for example, by ripping his own ding dong off. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. Didn't work. Or or the my, my hand got ripped off instead. <laughs> Or when Dan mournfully sighed the precise frequently to shatter the encasing of the world-famous seven-pound jewel, aiding and abetting a known supervillain. And let's not forget the short-lived spin-off series, Flophouse Babies, in which Elliot rigs the school spelling bee to include his personal vocabulary of words that sound like other words. Mr. Kalen used the word goatables in the sentence. <laughs> Enter the house cat. Well, Wait a minute, the babies go to school? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> babies are not good at spelling bees. It's pre-K. Enter the house cat. Uh, still, again, this is, can't spell. While Pre-K fast K-Lo. becoming the Pre-K-Lo. most popular <laughs> character, the Flophouse house cat brought little more to the meow mix than the internet's most annoying catchphrase, rah-rah, <laughs> inspiring a new generation of Bart Simpson knockoff t-shirts. Uh, the You've most made... irritating internet catchphrase has got to be, we could be like this, but you, was it? You tripping. You tripping, yeah. yeah. That's what I, I couldn't even remember it. It was so irritating. You've made some bold choices over the years as the world has watched on anxiously, praying for that rekindling spark. But there's one thing your stories have missed, a love interest. Gentlemen, that's where I come in. What I'm proposing is just that, a Flophouse proposal, the primetime special lifetime event extravaganza episode we've been waiting for. In fact, as a show of good faith and our perspective arrangement, I'd like to make an offering of personal humility. Allow me to address the woman who has long studied your work by my side. An honorary flopster who has chimed in with every episode's conversation, regardless of whether you've addressed her. She's your greatest champion and my associate in love, and our history together is as storied as this program. Tracy, the love and happiness we've shared so far is something I thought only existed in bad movies. Yet six years in, I'm amazed you will still suffer me so gracefully. We've shared an adventure and misadventure and some of my favorite moments of the mundanity in between. <laughs> but I yearn for a life greater than these flop house reruns. Every day I get to wake up with you feels like the start of something new with limitless p- possibilities ahead. It's time to focus 100% of our brains on the future. It's time to begin a new venture. So I ask you this, Tracy. Not as the resident Dan McCoy, but as humble letter writer Cohen. Tracy, last name withheld, will you marry me, please? Well, that's all I have for now. Regardless of your decision, baby, I think our work here is done. I got a, fe- I got a feeling these peaches will be just fine. Let's focus our attention now on the next potential spinoff, The Last Name Withhelds. I have some thoughts you might like to hear, but it depend on the star power of one Flophouse house cat. See you at home, baby. Don't delay. Keep on flopping. Cohen, last name withheld. So if there's a Tracy out there... 
who's dating a Cohen last name withheld, and I hope there's not more than one. Because <laughs> otherwise, make this we fucked you. <laughs> whoa. whoa, whoa, did you just, wait, whoa. are you telling the guy, you just helped him with proposal, and then you're just telling him that you... No, I'm saying a, the other person, the other one who did not. Oh, I do like wow. the idea of... The guy wasn't wait, ready for a I commitment see, like yeah, that. There you go. He did bring up the idea of mundanity, which I think is a good uh, a sitcom starring Dan McCoy and Olivia Munn. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> wait, Mundan- I'm saying you were starring in a sitcom, <laughs> oh, yeah. They. I think You'd be great can with we, Olivia can, Munn. Can we not bicker among ourselves for one yeah, moment when, with the love and let the romance settle yeah. that's just happened? Yeah. That our fan You're both Cohen English profe- has just chosen possibly the weakest vessel the worst or instrument, way. Dan, <laughs> to, propose to propose to his girlfriend Tracy. <laughs> Dan, this is the first fan to fan via the podcast proposal. Proposal, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. And that means that if they ha- if they get married and have a baby, they have to name that baby either Flophouse, House Cat, or Studaniot. <laughs> so if you want Tracy to say yes, write in A to Radio Zork. <laughs> if you want her to say no, write in B. And also, you're heartless. <laughs> and if you want her to say, give me a moment with kind of like a twinkle in her eye, and then say yes, write in C. And if you'd like to... Push the door open slightly, slightly more. Okay, stop. Right in D. Uh, we'll get this door open someday. This, the, this door needs some oil. <laughs> well, perhaps stool. next week we can give an option that people can try oil on it. So, Tracy, I think Cohen has shown his total lack of, of judgment in using Dan as his instrument, but I yeah. think you should overlook that. Yeah. Look, I mean, I'm sure he's romantic in plenty of other ways. <laughs> So I think you said that so gross. I don't know why we shot. why we threw him under the bus so quickly. Because <laughs> he chose to propose via us. He chose yeah, to propose, and we are touched and via we are these bros. We are totally touched <laughs> via these bros. We're hiding how much we're touched by you know all That's these true. jokes. Classic flop bro behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're deflecting. You know, we can't let the real emotions. Let's sink have in. a moment of real. Sincerity. Let's get real. Let's, you know what? Everybody turn your baseball caps backwards. Let's yeah. turn your chairs around. Let's rap about this. You two. Is hope everything band. works out. Yeah. <laughs> you seem like a great couple. I don't know much about either of you, but one of you can uh, write in to the podcast. When he writes a funny letter, I know both of you are fans. He didn't pick A-OK that many big book. words in that letter. Yeah. That's forethought. Yeah, because he knows Dan's stupid tongue will just trip on him. The other one is a lady. And... <laughs> He seems to love you. <laughs> so you got that going for Dan, you. Dan, did you propose to your wife? Yeah. I can't seems remember. It's a long time ago. I mean, my words was not, were not too well either. Yeah. Look. My words were not too well either. <laughs> Classic Elliot. Yeah. Classic not speaking right. So letters, right? So let I think we're all overwhelmed by the emotion of that. Yeah. yeah. And I guess we're all invited to the wedding now? Sure, yeah. of course. Yeah. Or we could crash it. What kind of open while we're bar while are we we're riding here? high on while we're riding high on these letters, I want to give a quick shout out to the three year anniversary of Chris and Steph. Listeners, Chris and Steph, uh, they were in the bar the other day and told me their three year anniversary was coming. Oh, that's very nice. So I guess we've now instituted the precedent that the Flophouse cares about your marriages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not comfortable with this. No, no, no. I prefer to be a cold, distant You would god. rather that... You would ra- <laughs> did you say god? <laughs> I did. I think you are overestimating your place in the cosmos. You would rather split up marriages so people then marry someone else and spread but the Dan, flophouse love to other people. But Dan, without marriages, our source of wives, 
where will wives' butts come from? Okay, <laughs> this true. is a misnomer. I like all butts. I don't. I don't really care what the you marital don't status them to be on is. Wives? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I prefer them. Look, just because I'm straight, not because I have any uh, anything against. This got <laughs> weird. This got I weird prefer, for no reason. I, mean, I personally prefer them to be on wives than on husbands. As a matter of personal sexual preference. But you'll take what you can get. But I'll take unmarried women as well, is all I'm saying. And dudes? Sometimes dudes. <laughs> Depends on the dude. I mean, if they're really sexy butts, yeah, why not? Danny Glover, yes. John Voight, no. <laughs> yeah. How did Danny Glover get on there? <laughs> He's got a great Is he butt. famous for his butt? Yeah. Lethal Weapon, check what out that batonk, What do you man? think that Lethal Weapon was referring to? <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying mm-hmm. say, they call him Bedonkled Glover. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that the toilet in Lethal Weapon 2 could have exploded and he would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It would have absorbed into his <laughs> it's, like, it's like he's got a, two airbags back there. I really hope that as soon as the letter was <laughs> Not finished just being one, read, like a normal person. That 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 the husband to be turned, turned off, off the podcast. Yeah, we can only hope. And that they haven't just been like hugging and kissing and talking to each other and then suddenly no, they, they they hear something about Danny no. Glover's butt. I like to think they are making love to what we're saying right now. <laughs> I don't like that at all. Right now. I don't like that. Right now. What do you like, like zapped her clothes off yeah. and then they're yeah, okay. like on a kitchen floor or something yeah. like that? Sure, why not? It happens in the movie sometimes. All the time, yeah. That's what I hear. Like on a staircase in the history of violence and it looks really yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, man. There's 69ing? That happened in the history of violence. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think it did. <laughs> let's, let's check the tape. Still check anybody tape. write in on that one. No, not interested. Uh, okay, so what do we do next? What is, what's the next part? Do we watch part. Mordecai again? <laughs> yeah. It's oh, a dog day situation. Somebody let me out of this. <laughs> this, is, this is the part of the podcast where we recommend movies that we actually liked, in contrast to Mordecai, which some of us kind of liked, but there are still better movies Not to really watch. enough to recommend it. I would never yeah. recommend it to anybody. Let me jump in here. Yeah, do it. Okay. I think, Time to recommend a movie. I think we might recommend the same movie sure. this week, so you go first. So this is a movie, I'm going to take the wheel on this one. <gasps> Thematic. Rev, rev, rev my engines. <laughs> mm-hmm. And recommend a movie that the internet has already kind of championed, but it, in some ways it might not have gotten the, uh, the financial backing that it deserves, nay, has earned by quality, I am going to recommend a little movie called Castle Free. What? (laughs) Directed by by Stuart Gordon. You know what, Stuart? When I said same movie, I was wrong. (laughs) I just want to say that Castle Free, uh, after its Blu-ray release, has gotten much more attention. uh, And also, possibly, the street-level support from yours truly. Uh, Castle Free has started to get a little more attention, but... I recommend that you guys either go buy the Blu-ray okay. or uh, I do like write your congressman to maybe to make bit. full moon <laughs> streaming available <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> 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 to proclaim it National Castle Freak Day. Uh, so I, li- yeah. I like that. I think it's on the Wikipedia entry for Castle Freak that says, see also Head of the Family, Invisible Maniac. <laughs> Movies that are not related to it at all, except mm, through Stewart. Quality sometimes. They're related because they're both uh, Oscar winners, I'm assuming. Uh, no. <laughs> so, Stuart, what movie are you really recommend? I was going to recommend Castle Freak. Oh, okay. What are you going to recommend? I was going to recommend, as I thought you were going to with your car racing metaphors, a little movie called follow. Mad Max Fury Road. Now, what is this Max so angry about? I'll tell you what. He, well, it's more mad. Well, he started out mad angry in the first Mad Max because mm-hmm. his family had been killed by bikers. But this is three movies later. We're on the fourth film. It's long past the nuclear apocalypse. Now he's more mad insane. 46 Mm -hmm. years, in fact. 
And he is, uh, let's just say one thing. You may have, if you're a Flophouse listener, you probably saw this movie already. I really loved it. It was everything I wanted from that you movie. You should have already seen, if you haven't seen this movie, you're crazy. Turn off this stupid podcast and go watch <laughs> the movie. What the fuck are you doing? What Tracy, fuck stop are you saying doing? yes to the marriage proposal. Go see Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road uh, is nonstop Mad Max action for the most don't part. Don't watch Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> a different, different thing. I mean, you can watch that only after you've watched the yeah. original. We're in an even more extreme, grotesque, and delightful nuclear wasteland than in the previous Mad Max movies. Mm-hmm. Tom Hardy, I find to be a more than fitting replacement for Mel Gibson, especially as the character has become simplified and kind of less gone, important to his own story. Well, he's gone crazy to the point that he's now just this kind of being running on instinct for the most part and yeah. communicating very briefly, if at all with the strangest accent in the world. Yes. With an accent that's not quite English or Australian or American. It's somewhere in between. Charlize Theron is great as uh Imperator Furiosa. Yep. Uh, and there's so many great, Crazy character designs. There's so much grotesque stuff. The action scenes are amazing. It's almost nonstop thrills, chills, and spills. The, uh, the art book is really great too. The designs uh, are fantastic, uh, and uh, many of them, as well as the script being co-written by, done by comic artist Brendan McCarthy, who actually illustrated my first ever Marvel story. Oh wow! Uh, my Captain America story from years ago. So Ugh. I felt a little bit of pride there. But, well, no, uh, the script was originally written all storyboards, storyboards right? Yeah. But uh, it's just a really fun, intense action movie. When I saw it, literally, I sat down through the entire credits and didn't get up because I was so kind of like vibrating from having just seen this that I felt like I couldn't stand up right away. But uh, I would fall no, it, over. It creates an altered state in you that is not unlike taking drugs. Like, kind of. You, I like, you know, we took a cab ride back from the uh, the screening afterwards and we were both sort of, yeah, like in this like phase where we're just like, we are so hyped up, and we do not know what to do with this energy. <laughs> yeah, it's like this movie is like just amphetamines being shot into your system. Yeah. But there's the moment, and this you know from all your experience of amphetamine use. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the uh, from my own experience reading Hunter S. Thompson, he's an writings. amphetamaniac. Yeah, I, I, mean, I actually, I think I actually saw it. Different. I saw it twice within a twelve-hour time period, and <laughs> I do not regret that. <laughs> yeah. It was the perfect choice. I kind of want to see it under altered states a little bit. I think that, that might be. Mm, I don't know. It's so much fun without it. I don't know why you need yeah. it. Here's the moment that some where I, I went from liking the movie a lot to loving the movie, or rather when I went from loving it to worshiping it, which is when Max and Charlize Theron are on the run from all the bad guys who are in their giant w- truck war rigs. Mm-hmm. And there's a truck that's just got rows of drummers on the back of it just beating war drums, and the camera is moving around this group of trucks, and it gets to the front of that drum truck, and there's just a guy in red long underwear with his head wrapped up so he can't see, strapped to a wall of amps, just just shredding away on an gu- electric guitar on the top of a truck as everything zooms down the highway across a nuclear desert. And I was like, yep, this is exactly the movie I've been dreaming about all this time. <laughs> you did it, Hollywood. You cracked the code. So Hollywood didn't do it. It's all George Miller well, that's, that's and what, the people who he worked with. On, like That's what I want to say about this movie. Is like, I read so many, like I feel like we all three would be recommending this movie if we We three kings of flop. If we yes. didn't know that one Yeah, I mean it, I was recommending Castle Free. <laughs> <laughs> if we weren't aware that like all of us were gonna be recommending this movie, like we all would recommend this movie. Yeah, I didn't see any other movies. Uh, if a movie tops this it would movie be, for my favorite movie of the year, 
this will be the best year of movies of my life. Yeah, it would be the, <laughs> it would be a gift of the move move guy situation. Like we would all be recommending. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait. So yeah. I bought you combs for your movies, but you've already destroyed the movies, so your I combs bought, are wasted. I bought you a new Blu-ray player, but you sold all your Blu-rays to buy me <laughs> a movie fob. <laughs> so you don't lose your movies when you're from, buy, your, from your pocket. To buy me a binder for the discs. No, but I, what I was going to say about this movie is like, um, I I read a bunch of reviews of this movie that were all like, you know, praising it as an action film and praising, you know, how it's a triumph of practical special effects and it's a triumph of old school action filmmaking where and you, the will. You, you actually like have a <laughs> sense of the geography of things. You know, all of these all of these things that are true about the movie, but what none of these reviews really said, which baffles me because it is so front and center, is how bonkers crazy balls this movie I is. Think plenty of the reviews I think mentioned that. But it's But like they didn't like really get into like how ridiculous like this movie is it's like crazy. It is an Australian exploitation movie, like made with Two hundred million dollars, like it, like yeah, like in terms of like the like everyone is just like shouting at each other and like weird Australian actions. They're, they're just like they're like just like pointing at each other like, and like like it's all like fast motion weird. Like they've like undercranked the camera. Well, like, also, <laughs> except for Tom Hardy and these four young women that he's trying to save in it, every character is grotesquely deformed or <laughs> yeah. maimed or just hideously ugly in some way. Yeah. And the old ladies that come in later, they're not ugly, but. The Volvolini? Yeah, but there's... Like, but there's, George Miller has not changed, though, is the thing. No, like, he's just since got Since he made the more, Road Warrior, he's got more, more so. More resources to do a, a bigger... Like, there were parts of this where I'm like, this is basically Road Warrior again, mm-hmm. but, like, bigger and crazier. More stagecoachy. Yeah, and there's other differences, but, like, yeah, it's... But, uh, yeah, in that they're chasing, getting chased one way and they get chased yeah, yeah. another way. But, it, like, it's so... Crazy, yeah, and I feel like a lot of the reviews have been trying to dignify this movie, or at least treat it with dignity. No, it when is they a are zany in, cartoon of a movie, but it is, and it is a movie that is dignified and deserves dignity. Yeah. But they're they're kind of they seem to be missing out the fun. You have the fact that it is crazed balls insanio, and it, yeah. it feels like the closest thing you'll ever get to like a filmed 2000 AD strip. Like not yes. just because Brandon McCarthy was involved and like the look of the film, just like. The structure is very much like a a comic book. Yeah, if someone yeah. like did like an underground cartoon and was like, "We're gonna sh- film this in all of the weirdness of it." This yeah, yeah, movie. exactly. Yeah, the uh, and just the fact if you stay through the credits and just look at the characters' names, all these characters who are not mentioned by name <laughs> in the movie and have the most amazing names. Like, did you uh, did you see Matt Singer, uh, film critic Matt Singer's article where he made a list of he mixed up a list of Mad Max characters and just crazy bullshit names he made up, no. and it was a quiz to see if you could pick out which ones were right. Well, that one of the characters is named Rictus Erectus. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. there's that the character, the doctor character is referred to as the organic mechanic. Like they have great rhyming names. A lot of it. Um, I don't. I can't remember most of the really good names, but they're really great. Worth sitting through the credits. So I'm going to recommend a movie that, like... Mad Max Fury Road. Is, <laughs> no, like, I it's high-octane thrill road. Let's, let's, let's be clear. Take your favorite blood bag. Let's be clear. If I, if I was not totally sure that one of my co-hosts was not going to recommend Mad Max Fury Road, I would recommend Mad Max Fury Road. But thematically... Are you trying to say you don't like Mad Max Fury Road? No, the opposite. <laughs> but thematically... 
I I'm gonna recommend something that kind of plays into the whole Mad Max Fury Road thing. It's called Road Warrior. Which is uh <laughs> No, I watched a movie that I will not make any uh arguments for as great cinema. I'll make a, an argument for it as something that uh hovers perfectly in that zone between good bad movie and movie I kinda like. Which was I watched Need for Speed, which is a another car racing movie, another chase movie. Is that and the one with the with the the kid from Breaking Bad? Yeah, in it? It play, the guy plays uh, Jesse in oh, Breaking, yeah. Bla- Breaking Blad. Breaking Blad. Breaking Blad. Yeah. Breaking Blad. Blah blah. Breaking Blad. Blah. I need to sell meth to support my family. Uh, I have cancer. No, you're undead. You'll never die. You're immortal. All right. He turns out I'm just see, a bad guy. He remembers that. Blah. Walter White. Uh, That's good. I like. Yeah, that. no. Aaron Paul, <laughs> Breaking Bad, who played Jesse in Breaking Bad. Uh, you got Dominic Cooper, who uh, oh, yeah, was the the, the elder uh, right. Stark, Tony Stark's father. Oh no, father. who am I thinking of? Who's in the Wire? Dominic. Oh, the Cooper. guy who's going to be Preacher. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You got Imogene Poots, and he was in, uh, and he oh. was in Imogene Poots. <laughs> two, hey, we got two flop people there. Yeah, uh, Dominic, what's his name, was in Dracula, and Imogene Poots was in what? That awkward moment. Yeah. Yep. Oh, she's going to be in the new. Uh, She's going to be in the green room. Well, you got three I'm flop people because Dakota Johnson is also in it. Wow. Dan, this is a flop trope. Uh, but also Michael Keaton uh, is in it playing, uh, basically, imagine the Warriors uh, radio uh, DJ character. Okay. A character who's narrating uh, the events of the movie, but also is in charge of the big final race. Uh, Can Michael I imagine Keaton plays he's that. the vanishing point radio character? Oh, sure. Okay. Whatever you're imagining, imagine that Michael Keaton came in for one day of filming. <laughs> He's like, I'll do it all in one room, talking into a computer. Uh, can I do that? And they're like, sure, whatever, Michael Keaton. <laughs> We're glad to have you. But um, this is a movie that takes uh, about 20 minutes to set itself up, which is 20 minutes too long. But mm-hmm. once it gets into, like, and all that 20 minutes is to establish that uh, Aaron Paul uh, needs to win this race, one, to save his family's uh uh, garage. Okay. To why didn't he just do a bikini car wash? <laughs> two to uh, because the guy that um, stole his girlfriend is a dick, and three because the guy the dick who stole his girlfriend framed him for the manslaughter oh. killing of his best friend, and so he has to clear his name, I guess, by winning a race, mm-hmm. and so he has to get from New York to California in forty eight hours, and then he has to enter this race and win it. And um, it has a lot of good, like, practical special effects because it was, like John Wick, it was directed by a stunt person. So uh, They prefer they, to be called stunted Americans. <laughs> so uh, there's a little more care put into the effects and the, like, geography of effects than so you usually what see kind, in So if this movie. was a bear, what kind of bear would it be? Yeah. Uh, I don't. Kodiak? Like a care bear? Uh, Whoa. What? I don't. Because mm-hmm. he said care was put into it. Oh. Okay. I what a, maybe Keep up, guys. Was Keep it up, a, guys. Was it a, was it a black bear? <laughs> uh, no. Grizzly? It was, was, it a, was it a panda bear? <laughs> polar bear? Uh, I don't know what this bear tan Answer the question, <laughs> Dan. Was it a polar bear? <laughs> yeah, it was a polar bear. <laughs> polar bear directed a movie that's a, you buried the lead. Was it one of those Coca-Cola polar bears? They seem smart. Uh, point is, it's a dumb movie, but it's a dumb movie that I had a lot of fun watching. 
So if you uh, if you're if you're coming home from two Mad for Max Fury Road, <laughs> two for two, Lucy and Need for Speed, and you want to see you want to see a movie that's much worse than Mad Max Fury Road, but also has <clears throat> cars racing around. Going yeah, because Mad Max Fury Road's not going to fill your need for cars racing around. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying, like if you want some methadone from it, oh, you want to come down. I see. Yeah, uh, you could do worse from Need for Speed. I think okay. it was it was it was unfairly you could do worse, says Dan McCoy. <laughs> Dan McCoy, watch, watch the Hitcher instead. It was a movie that got a lot of bad reviews. <laughs> I think it's a lot more fun than the reviews it suggests. Is all I'm saying. Okay, Need for Speed, give it a try. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, no, that's the number one. And Castle Freak. We we, we covered it. (laughs) Castle Freak. Three three for three, guys. And I just want to say one thing. It is an exploitation. Mad Max Fury Road is a big budget exploitation movie, but it's great. Yeah, it's It's a great movie. I was just trying to capture the zaniness of it. No, but I agree, yeah. Which I feel like a lot of the reviews in the, yeah, as you say, like in their need to like dignify it, like did not sort of paper over the fact that it is a Looney Tunes movie, and a lot of, and not, not of course, not a real Looney Tunes movie with Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. That they haven't made a movie too. since Looney Tunes back in action. Is but, that the, uh, what about the one where they're on the island? Uh, Donald Daffy Duck's Fantastic, Fantasy Island. Fantastic <laughs> Island, yeah, that was one. Of, like well, that's that more one. of a repack thing where they had a, some <laughs> they original animation cartoons. between old cartoons, like Daffy Duck's Quackbusters was the same thing, yeah. Yeah. and a thousand and one Arabian Bunny Tales, or whatever mm-hmm. it was called. That sounds like a porno. <laughs> <laughs> Like uh, a bunny. <laughs> <laughs> in, yes, that was the subtext of my joke. <laughs> but there's a lot of not to keep talking about Fury Road, but like it does feel like a lot of reviewers from prestigious publications saw it and liked it and were like, I can't like this just because it's a crazy bonkers thrill ride. <coughs> I'm gonna come up with some reason why I like it. Yeah. You know. Uh so that's three recommendations for Fury Road. Three uh, <laughs> and one for Castle Freak. Uh, yeah, and, and sleep, don't run to see Need for Speed, yeah, says Dan McCoy. It's all right, says yeah, Dan McCoy. It's all right. <laughs> hey, uh, that's all right, boss. Raves Dan McCoy in offensive <laughs> Italian accent. Um, uh, wow, I'm sorry that I'm coughing right when I need to go into the next thing, which is to say um, we're just one part of the Max Fun podcast, which I was reminded of uh, when I was out. My Max Fun podcast network, <sighs> sorry, which I... Uh, was you were in Los Angeles yet again when I was in LA, LA 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 Land, Babe City, and I had um, some drinks with Jordan Morris of Jordan Jesse Go, name dropping, and Travis McElroy of My Brother and My Brother and Me. Uh, two of I would dare. What say kind of my drinks did you have? Two other favorite podcasts on the Max Fun Network. Mm, I'll pick in favorites, yeah. uh, making enemies. Sure, why not? I don't care. Uh, <laughs> Burning bridges. <laughs> Come at me, bros. I had some old fashions. Okay. Um, but uh, this is I I met Jordan before. It's my first time meeting Travis. Meeting a McElroy, the middlest brother the of the McElroy band. brothers. Yeah, you tell him I want to be on their D and D podcast. I did tell him that. Okay, good. And Travis and I bonded over the fact that uh, we both agreed that we were uh, like people have tried to map the three of us, you Stuart, uh, Stuart uh, Elliot, and me. Onto other characters in pop culture. Yeah, I feel like I'm more of a Huey. You're more of a Dewey, and Stuart's a real Louie. Yeah. Exactly. And we were mapping uh, us onto the McRoys, and Travis and I agreed that we were the same. Uh, Did you, we, you didn't touch each other. Yeah, yeah, they put hands and said, you're not so different, you and I. Yeah, and we, then we like, exploded. <laughs> yeah, we touched each other ah, and, and melt into each other and explode like in time. <laughs> uh, but he was a, a delightful person in person, as you would imagine him to be. His wife was equally delightful. Mm-hmm. And so you should listen to his podcast, My Brother, My Brother, and Me. He also has... Uh, 
other podcasts, Bunker Buddies being one of them, The Adventure Zone. Adventure Zone. All yeah. good stuff. Um, my brother, my brother, and me. Yeah. I'm just saying, check out Max Adventure Zone. Yeah. A lot check. of great Max One podcasts, even ones that don't have McElroy's in them. Yeah. Like Jordan, Jesse Go. Jordan, Jesse Go. Um, things that I can't remember right now. Things wow. that I can't remember right now. Is that now. a podcast? Starring Dan McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Why don't Dan you McCoy. fucking help out by promoting our benevolent podcast overlords? Yeah, Max Fun. <laughs> we got uh, tons of great shows. Throwing Shade. Yeah, there you go. That's uh, one. Elliot. Judge John Hodgman. Perfect. Sure, bullseye. Knocked it off. Wait, are we just doing rounds? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see how long we can keep us going. Uh, too much pressure now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I can't, yeah, I can't. Uh, look, Dan, there's too many people watching me. The flop house, okay? Yeah, we boom, did it. we did it. Brought it around. <laughs> Point is, go to MaximumFun.org. Check out other shows in the network. I think that you'll find that they're Buy all some delightful. merch from our show and other shows. Mm-hmm. There's a sensibility that runs through the Maximum Fun podcast. A sense and sensibility in that we're all based on the works of Jane Austen. <laughs> yeah. I think you'll the enjoy The House is a loose adaptation of Northanger Abbey. <laughs> very loose. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, very loose, if you know what I mean. Anyway, I, the point was just uh, thank you for uh, Jordan and uh, Travis for uh, being hospitable when I was in their city. And uh, check out Max Fun Podcast. Is this like a weird way of inviting other Max Fun people to New sure, York man. so we can buy them drinks? Yeah. Why not? My bar let's will all, probably be open soon and I can just... Let's all hang out. All yeah, let's have a regular Max teats. Fun hangout. Like this is a, a weird way to invite other Max Fun hosts to hang out. We'll have an Algonquin round yeah, table at your in front of other people. <laughs> Algonquin pod table. Um, is Jordan Jesse Go named after what I assume their shared father said when he threw them out of the house? <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Jesse Go! Yeah, I have for- no hosts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, Dan, so, who are we and what are we from and what are we doing now? Going? This is, this is the Flophouse Podcast. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We're from the Max Fun Network. We're podcasters from primarily. Brooklyn, New York. We're from New York. I'm Brooklyn, trying to New set York. you up to end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what we do now. Forget about it. Is we say <laughs> goodbye to all of you. So, um, what's, what are we doing? For the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. And I have been Stuart Wellington. And yours in Mad Max Fury Road, I am Elliot Kalen. Good night, everyone. Mordecai! I love Premium Rush. Premium Rush, great. Oh, I like the review. Premium Rush, great. JR Havlin has to say. Yeah. Take that, JR Havlin. Premium Rush, great. So says Og on Caveman Review. <laughs> Michael Shannon performance nuance. <laughs> Thog and Grok in the aisle. <laughs> Og and Thunk go to the movies. <laughs> I give this one one. What? Thumb type finger up. Sure. <laughs> so they know the word thumb, but they don't have one yet. They're not smart enough to know. Well, they don't have opposable thumbs. They're hominids. Yeah. Oh, I see. Homonyms. Uh, no, they're not homonyms. They're hymnyomnyms, <laughs> like in Gulliver's Travels. Hummyownyms. Oh, that's a cat. That's when a cat that's sounds like another stuff. cat. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's, oh, let's do an introduction first. My name's Stuart. No. <laughs> I've been on the podcast for like a million years, and I never want to stop doing it. I love cats. <laughs> what about so, you? If you're interested in meeting up, just write to me at stuart at meow.com slash 
edu. Let's get a little weird. Who cares? Hey, everybody, I'm Emily. And I'm Lisa. We co-host Baby Geniuses every other Monday on Maximum Fun. We interview comedians, musicians, cartoonists, circus clowns, and experts in the field of... Vacations, the afterlife, cool, recipes, self-improvement, fashion, candy, beach boys, girls, turtles, hot twists, women dating, fitness, presidents, air removal, conflict resolution, Santa, meditation, babies, modern dinosaurs, bullying, crop circles, the Beatles, middle-aged men, experts, teens, life hacking, rhyming, baby talk, personal organization, the name Dexter, Frasier, extreme eating, groceries, being a best friend, movement, jam, art education, America's Funniest Home Videos, stockbroking, spooky stories, genealogy, riddles, Pinterest, IT, magic, revenge, mothering, dogs, ayahuasca, Hollywood legends, street racing, fitting in, celebrity sex, the occult, personal training, the ocean, Dennis the Menace, modern poetry, sugar gliders, Jimmy Buffett, Franks, The Tonight Show with Gun, Johnny Carson, Mountain Dew, Theme Park Safety, dinner, bu- dinner parties, butterflies, raccoons, pasta chase, and Bob Dylan. Join us every other Monday! Yay! <laughs>